sponsored by the National Retail Federation. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's January 19th and it's Friday. Good news for federal workers and, you know, the country writ large this morning. Both the House and Senate managed to pass a six-week CR before leaving town yesterday. That means no government shutdown tonight. But appropriators will still have a lot of work to do when they come back next week to ready fiscal 2024 spending bills for the long term. They've got until early March. This morning in Playbook, we have one crazy way to save a border deal. With Senate negotiators expected to unveil this bipartisan border deal any day now, and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer floating the idea of voting on the full White House $106 billion supplemental as soon as next week, the coffee pot chatter on Capitol Hill right now is about one elephant-sized remaining obstacle. How the hell are they going to get this border deal passed in the GOP-led House? Speaker Mike Johnson is under tremendous pressure right now from former President Donald Trump and other conservatives not to give Joe Biden a win on the border before the 2024 election. Members like Marjorie Taylor Greene, meanwhile, are openly threatening to oust the Louisiana Republican if he allows a new tranche of Ukraine aid to sail through the House. But given the political fallout from the migrant crisis, crisis, the stakes are so high that some Democrats are considering a kind of insane idea to try to land this plane, trading a border deal for protection for Speaker Johnson. You heard me right there. Several Democrats, including House Armed Services Ranking Democrat Adam Smith, House Homeland Security Committee Ranking Democrat Benny Thompson, and Texas Border Congressman Vincent Gomez told me yesterday on Capitol Hill that if Johnson puts any Senate-passed border deal on the floor of the House, some Democrats would actually step in to make sure he keeps his gavel. Thompson specifically told me, quote, our job is not to save Johnson, but I think it would be a mighty pity if he did the right thing for us not to support him. Up to this point, he's been fairly honest. He's been a fairly honest broker. First off, I should say at the outset that there's a million reasons why this idea is no silver bullet and probably won't ever come to pass. For one, Johnson is very unlikely to go there. I mean, he'd utterly ruin his relationship with Donald Trump, not to mention alienate large swaths of his own conference for relying on Democrats to keep his job. But the fact that Democrats are even talking about this right now shows just how desperate they are to find a solution. The party knows they're getting pummeled on the border right now and that they got to do something to alleviate the migrant crisis. And at the same time, time is running out to help Ukraine. It might seem like a major change in thinking from just a few months ago when, you'll remember, Democrats didn't lift a finger to help Kevin McCarthy keep his speakership. But I talked to more than half a dozen senior Democratic aides and lawmakers, and all of them told me that there's actually a huge difference between the two men and the two situations. For one, Democrats largely viewed McCarthy as a bad faith actor who lied, went back on his word, and single-handedly resurrected Trump's political career after January 6th. Johnson, they note, hasn't shown himself to be untrustworthy, even if he's more conservative than McCarthy. And I should say, of course, not all Democrats agree on this. I did hear from some Democratic lawmakers in the House who said that Johnson would be asked to pay some sort of political price in the form of a power sharing agreement or more committee assignments or other rules changes if he wanted Democrats to step in to make sure he could keep his job. 
But realistically, Johnson would actually only need a couple Democrats probably to save his position. Only eight Republicans, you'll recall, voted against McCarthy, which means it's not going to take many Democrats to keep his job if it were to come to that. I should also note that Democrats aren't the only ones feeling desperate right now to find a path through the House for this supplemental agreement. On the right, some Republicans truly want to see Ukraine aid actually move while others are eager to get relief to their constituents in these overrun and exhausted border towns. Already, I'm seeing a bunch of Republicans hitting the TV airways to try to counter this pressure from the right not to make a deal on the border and to actually save the issue for 2024. I'm talking about members like like Tony Gonzalez and Dan Crenshaw, two Republicans in Texas who really want to get something done. Yet there isn't much members like this can do if Johnson decides to side with the right on this matter and either, number one, refuses to put any Senate-passed border deal on the House floor for an up or down vote, or he does bring it up for a vote, but just totally amends it and attaches all these toxic border provisions to effectively kill it. There isn't an easy way to make an end run around him. I was talking to a bunch of lawmakers on Capitol Hill yesterday about the prospects of a discharge petition, but over and over again from both Republicans and Democrats alike, I heard that that was a no-go. Basically, Republicans aren't going to want to step out against Donald Trump and against their own leadership to try to force this bill to the floor. And Democrats, they don't think they'd have the numbers. There are a lot of progressives and a lot of Hispanic caucus members who, frankly, are going to hate whatever deal comes out of the Senate because of changes to asylum. And they're also pissed off that the White House didn't include them when negotiating this deal. So they're not going to sign a discharge petition. Now, some Republicans are telling me they don't think it's going to come to that. Dan Crenshaw was making this case to me in the hall yesterday that Johnson actually does want to get to yes. And he sincerely feels like Johnson is not going to take this advice from Donald Trump or other conservatives to just walk away and save this issue for the 2024 campaign trail. But Democrats, you know, they're not so sure. As one Democrat told me, Johnson's going to have to decide if he wants to do what's right for the border or if he's going to want to do what's politically expedient just to keep himself in the job for a few more months. Also this morning on Playbook Deep Dive, my colleague Ryan Lizza talks to Joe McQuaid. He's the longtime publisher of the New Hampshire Union Leader. He's got an encyclopedic knowledge of New Hampshire politics, and he's the ideal person you want to hear from if you want to understand the history of the state's primary, especially on the Republican side. They talk about whether or not Nikki Haley can win on Tuesday, if she'll get the union leader's endorsement, and whether or not New Hampshire's primacy in American politics has actually come to an end. As for the rest of your schedule today, the House and Senate are out because of the expected snowstorm, but the Ways and Means Committee will be sticking around. They're going to be marking up the bipartisan bicameral tax legislation that extends nearly $78 billion worth of tax incentives. Over at the White House, President Biden will welcome bipartisan mayors attending the U.S. Conference of Mayors winter meeting. In the evening, the president's going to be traveling to, guess where, Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. The music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Callan Sil Sudit is our podcast producer and is awesome. Annie Reese, Mike DeBonis, and Zach Stanton are our editors. I'm Rachel Bade, and thanks for listening. Big banks are raising credit card swipe fees that are hidden taxes on small businesses and consumers. Swipe fees are most retailers' highest operating costs after labor and drive up consumer prices by more than $1,000 a year for the average household. 
joined the National Retail Federation in advocating for swipe fee reform by passing the Credit Card Competition Act. Learn more at nrf.com.